Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 17 of the DCL Dude Podcast. Just as a quick follow-up to my previous episode, I'm still looking to set up a, a time with someone who has sailed a recent Star Wars Day at Sea uh, to come on the show. So if you are listening or if you know someone who has been on a recent uh, sailing, send me a message. You can reach me on Facebook or you can send me uh, a message on Twitter. However, however you want to, just uh, just let me know that you uh, that you want to come on the show. So, all right. So in this episode, we are going to change things up a little bit and talk about some of the things that I would do to improve the Disney Cruise Line experience. Now. Don't get me wrong. I I love everything about sailing with Disney Cruise Line. I <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't have spent what I what I've spent um, on these cruises over the years if I didn't. But it, it's always it's always good to be objective about things um, because there's there's always room for improvement no matter no matter what you're talking about. So my my intent for this episode is just is just to have a little fun and just to to think about some of the things that that might make uh, Disney Cruise vacations even more magical than than they already are. So hopefully this doesn't come off as as negative because that is that's definitely not what I am uh, what I'm trying to do here. So with that said, I am going to give you my top five things that I would change about Disney Cruise Line. So when I when I say that, what's 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 the first thing that comes to your mind? Probably the prices. So that seems too easy. So in for this episode, I am going to try to to dig a little bit deeper um, for my top five. So. In no particular order, the first thing that I would change is the number of cabanas that are available at Castaway Key. So I would say that I'd change the ability of, of any given person to reserve a cabana at Castaway Key, but I'm not I'm not sure how you'd really resolve that issue. So I'm I'm going I'm going instead with increasing the number of cabanas. If you've never reserved a cabana for your Castaway Key visit, you you definitely owe it to yourself and, and, and to your family to try it out sometime. So I, I realize that it's very expensive and that it you know it can be a budget issue and that um, you know it's it's not in the cards for everyone. But in my opinion, it, it's totally worth the the cost and and if it's something that you plan far enough in advance for you can you can sort of save for uh for the cost of it but like i said totally worth it um the next time we reserve a cabana and, and that's that's assuming there is a next time and that we're, we're actually able to reserve one in the future um i'm planning to to do a full episode dedicated to the the whole cabana experience uh, and the and the benefits associated with with a cabana rental, so for now, just just take me at my word um, that that it's that it's an amazing experience. It's it's like your own little piece of of paradise for a day at, at Castaway Key. So really awesome. 
However, as as I'm sure many of you uh, who are listening are aware, it's, it's it can be very difficult to reserve one unless you are a concierge cruiser or you have been blessed <laughs> blessed with the gift of good luck. Um, there are currently 20 standard size cabanas on the family beach and one grand family cabana so 21 total on the family beach there's also some available on um on serenity bay for the adults but obviously kids are not welcome at those because um they it's that beach is not for the kids Currently, the way it works is concierge guests have the first say about cabana reservations. So if you're not sailing concierge, um, you're, you're sort of in line behind, behind those folks. Then after that, the booking window opens for Platinum Castaway Club members who can book the cabanas that were left over by the concierge guests. And then after that, gold and then silver members can try to reserve one before the booking is finally open to first-time cruisers. Um, in my experiences, the the past couple times that I've tried to tried to reserve a cabana, they've they've always been booked by the concierge guests before I could even have my turn <laughs> as a as a platinum member. So it's it's very frustrating when you <laughs> when you stay up late at night to to make a reservation and you're like, man, this is gonna be this is gonna be the time that it's available, only to to find out that the, that they're all gone. So. Um, the next option that you have, if if that doesn't work, is to continue to check back over <laughs> over the days leading up to your cruise in hopes that that uh, that someone re- released one and you just happen to be checking it at just the right time. So, a lot of luck involved with that strategy. You can also get on the on the wait list as as soon as you board the ship. Um, and I always thought that <laughs> that if you were high up on the wait list that that you had a, a pretty good chance to to get one, but I I found out on our on our most recent cruise that that this was this was actually not the case. We were we were actually first on the on the wait list, and and nobody ended up releasing theirs. So um, unfortunately, we did not we did not end up uh, end up getting one. It may also have to do with the time of year and the popularity of the cruise. I, I suspect that the the majority of the cruises are are close to are pretty close to capacity for for most of the sailings. But definitely during peak times, I, I can imagine that that it's even harder to get a cabana because there there's just more people um, that that you're competing with. And I I honestly have no idea how true that is. It's just I'm I'm speculating, and it sounds good, so so I'm gonna go with it. Anyway, I, I would I would really love for them to find a way to to increase the number of cabanas so that it's uh, that it's easier to reserve one, and <laughs> perhaps if if uh, if there were more cabanas, it might even even lower the price a little bit. Nah, that's I doubt that's gonna happen. Um, I've I've been on record uh, before saying that I that I'm I'm against significant additional development at castaway key but i think i think this would definitely be a a worthwhile investment and one that that i could get on board with i'm not i'm not sure where else they would put more uh because i i think they've pretty much used the the available beach front space but that's why the uh that's why the disney imagineers are are uh are a lot smarter than i am so they uh i'm sure they could figure something out The next thing I would do is overhaul the Castaway Club. 
Um, if you're if you're unfamiliar with the Castaway Club, it's 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 Disney's it's Disney's way of, of recognizing guests who have previ- previously sailed with them. So after your first sailing, you become a silver member. After your fifth, you become a gold member, and then after your tenth, you become a platinum member. The current silver member benefits are as follows. The and these are not all inclusive. I, I left out some of the ones like um, you know an, an exclusive phone number that you can call to ask questions. These ones are more. These ones are a little bit more more tangible. You actually feel like you're getting an actual benefit. So the first one is the ability to reserve newly released itineraries a day before the general public. Also, the ability to book activities online 90 days prior to sailing. Actually, you can call in as well. I don't know why I said it online. Um, a dedicated members-only check-in at, uh, excuse me, a dedicated members-only check-in line at the, at the cruise terminal. So when you walk in, there's the first-time cruisers have their one uh, area where they check in, and then there's a, a, a line for the Castaway Club members. Um, and then Silver members also get a welcome aboard gift. The gold member benefits currently include the same benefits uh, as silver members, plus the ability to reserve newly released itineraries two days before the general public, the ability to book activities 105 days prior to sailing, and a castaway club onboard reception on eight night and longer voyages. They used to do these more often on the on the shorter voyages, but within the past couple of years they they changed it so that's uh only on eight night and longer voyages and then you also get uh as a gold member you get special discounts on board so particularly in the in the merchandise shops um i think it I, if i remember correctly it's a 10 percent discount on the merchandise and there's some other uh discounts around the ship as well platinum member benefits include the gold member benefits plus there is a platinum priority check-in at the cruise terminal, um, which is the same check-in area as the the concierge cruisers. So there's a, a even a, a special section for the Castaway Club members, and then there's a special section for the the concierge uh, cruisers and the platinum Castaway Club members. Um, you also get to book the newly released itineraries. Um, three days in advance of the general public, and um, you have the ability to book activities 120 days prior to sailing. So right after the the concierge cruisers get to do their uh, activity bookings, then the platinum uh, members get to get to go. There is also this is a, a great benefit to being a, a platinum member. There's a a complimentary dinner uh, at Palo for all guests in your stateroom ages 18 and up so it's only for your it's only for the stateroom where the the platinum cruiser is staying in and it's for each of the guests in that stateroom ages 18 and up so that's a that's a great benefit to being a uh, a platinum castaway club member so what would I do? I would love to see a new level added with 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 some added benefits. So, I, wouldn't it be great if you if you sailed so much with Disney that your your Castaway Club status got you say a ten percent discount each time you made a, a reservation, and and just for being a Castaway Club member. So I I know you can already receive a ten percent discount by by booking on board, which. To be honest, if, if you're sailing that much with Disney, you're probably already doing anyway. 
Uh, but I feel like I feel like Disney's most loyal cruise customer should be rewarded for for their loyalty. So um, maybe if you you've sailed twenty cruises, you then become a, a diamond member, which um, which would include this this ten percent uh, discount on cruises as an additional additional benefit. So. Who knows if, if Disney Cruise Line would ever go for such a thing? Um, they certainly, I know they certainly could afford to do that, but um, who knows what uh, what their thoughts would be on that? And that reminds me, I I hear a lot of people say that that they don't like how Disney calculates your your Castaway Club status, where where it's as it, as it is now, it's based on the number of cruises you've taken rather than the, the number of nights that you've sailed. So as an example, a 14-night Panama Canal cru- um, cruise counts the same toward your castaway club status as a three-night Bahamian sailing. So um, I, I get that. I get why people um, why that bothers people. Personally, I, it doesn't really bother me all that much. Um, I never put you know a lot of thought into into that uh but it would be cool to to have the an additional level for the for those people who are sailing a ton um plus the the addition of my diamond level status can sort of resolve some of these issues because the the number of people who who sail 20 plus cruises is is probably pretty small um although it wouldn't surprise me if that number keeps getting larger and larger especially with the with the addition of of three new ships coming up and here's a here's another great idea that I saw. Instead of giving everyone the the you know the kind of standard in room castaway club gift, which is which is typically some kind of bag and maybe a couple other small trinkets, why not why not give guests a, a couple different options to choose from? Maybe maybe a, a rainforest room day pass or a couple a couple drink vouchers or or even. Or I guess, or I guess even the bag, if that's something they prefer. But something along those lines. We we've gotten my family personally has gotten so many castaway club bags over the years that we sometimes end up just leaving them behind in the room, um, just because we don't have room in our suitcases and we already have so many at the house. So um, I, I think it'd be pretty cool just to to have the option to to do something on board rather than just go uh, just go home with another castaway club bag. So. Next, I would love to see a more frequent refresh of the main dining restaurant menu. So, we have we have friends who have sailed on other cruise lines and, and have mentioned that the the food has always been kind of so so. And I personally think that this is uh, one thing that Disney does pretty well. Typically, um, when food is prepared kind of in in mass quantities, it, it seems that the the quality tends to suffer, but um, and sure, there there have been times where where I've had some not so great experiences, but but overall, I I really enjoy the food on the Disney ships, and and we always we we always look forward to our meals in the in the main dining restaurants. But that being said, I would I would love to see a more frequent uh, refresh of the of the menus. If you if you sail often, the the menu items start to become very familiar to you, and and one of the things that one of the things about traveling is, is to me anyway, is being able to t- kind of try new foods that are, are unique to the area or region. It's always cool to, um, you know, just just taste the local foods and just get a sample for what the local um, flavors are. And 
I feel like food is is often something that kind of connects people to certain regions and cultures. So it can it can be a really it can be really important for the the overall guest experience to to get that right. And I I honestly think Disney does a, a decent job at providing regional dishes based on the the positioning of the ships. But but the menus are are relatively the same each time the the ships visit those those areas. So. Um, I don't really have any statistics to, to be able to tell you how often Disney changes their menus, but just from my, my own personal experience, it doesn't seem like it happens um, all that often. So I'd love to see uh, an annual or maybe a, an every other year menu update. And, and if that's if that's too much to, to overhaul an entire menu that often, uh, maybe just swap out a, a few of the appetizers and main courses and desserts um, maybe just swap them out that often for, for something new, do it sort of piecemeal so that, you know, you have a, a whole new menu every, every five years or so. The next thing I would change is the, the size of the pools. So I never really paid close attention to the size of the pools until, uh, until our most recent sailing when my son spent <laughs> what felt like the majority of our sea days splashing around, uh, in the Mickey pool. And, and as I sat uh, on the edge of the pool with him, I, I, I really took notice to how how little space there was for all the kids to move around freely in the pool. And, and I should mention that my son definitely did not seem to care one bit that it was super crowded. So perhaps my own personal desire changes is, is a little bit unfounded. Um, if the, if the pools were, were larger, it, it might give, it might give parents the chance to, to climb in and splash around with their kids a little more. And, and sure, you can, you can definitely do this already, but there's, there's literally no space for an adult to move around in, in those crowded pools. And, you know, I, I understand that it's not for adults, but even just to kind of get in and splash around with your kids, it's, it, it can be a little bit, um, a little bit tough. So, um, I'm not exactly sure how you would make it work. Um, you know, I, I recognize that add a, adding larger pools would likely mean that, that you'll have to sacrifice something else. And, and, and I'm not sure if the, the weight of the pools is, is a factor, if that's a, if that's a major consideration, uh, in the size of the pools on a cruise ship, but, <laughs> but luckily I'm just the, uh, I'm just the idea guy and not the, the figure out how to make it happen guy. So <laughs> in, and, uh, in fairness, I, I also have, have no idea what the, the pool sizes are, um, are like on, on other cruise ships. So, so maybe Disney's our, our cruise industry standard for, uh, the respective sizes of their ships. I, I don't know. And finally, my last idea for a change would be a longer day in port at Castaway Key. Um, all ashore on our most recent seven-night Eastern Caribbean sailing uh, at Castaway Key was at 9.30 in the morning, and then all aboard was at 4.45 uh, in the afternoon. And the day absolutely flew by when we were there, and we were we were among the the first to get off and, and the last ones to return. And both and both my wife and I, <laughs> after we had gotten back to the ship, were like, "Man, that that went by. That day went that day went by really fast." Um, we got to our beach chairs that morning around nine forty five, and 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 then just played in the water for a little while. I went snorkeling for about an hour, and then and then headed over to get some lunch uh, when I got back. and And after lunch, it was more swimming, a quick trip to to Pelican Plunge, 
a bike ride around the island, some shopping at the merchandise shops, and then bam, just just like that, the the day was already over. Um, and we we both felt like my wife and I felt like it was the the quickest day we'd ever spent on Castaway Key. So we both we love Castaway Key so much, and, and always comment how nice it would be to to be able to spend more time on the island. So um, <laughs> we're we're definitely due for a a Castaway Key double dip. Uh, I think that's definitely uh, something that we're gonna look into uh, here here in the near future. Um, I'm sure there's a reason for, for, uh, for all the, for the, uh, the all aboard being so early, but I mean, if, if it's light out until say 7 PM, why, why not let guests choose to, to stay on until then? I mean, I, I can imagine that the reason is because the, the people who stay on the Island to, to clean it up and, and put it back together after, after a group leaves needs all the time that they can get to have it ready for the next group. Um, which will more than likely be arriving the next morning. But uh, again, I'm just <laughs> I'm just the idea guy, so I I'm the one who uh, uh, thinks thinks of the change, and then uh, the people who are smarter than me can figure out how to make it happen. So that's it for my top ideas. But I also wanted to hear from some fellow Disney Cruise fans. I. I asked the question on a, a group site. I, I said, besides the price, what is something you would change about Disney Cruise Line? Um, <laughs> I never, I never expected the amount of responses that uh, that I would I would get to my question, and and I suppose I should have expected it, but I, I kind of felt bad for <laughs> after I asked it. I kind of felt bad um, because people seem to be kind of negative about it, and and like I mentioned earlier, it was I was really just hoping to have a, a little fun with it. Um, but I, I did get a few interesting responses, uh, a few of which I agreed with. I got a lot of suggestions about switching up the ports of embarkation. A lot of people wanted to see Disney bring back the cruises to Hawaii. Um, and there were a lot of, of responses about changes to the physical attributes to the ship. So, you know, more adventurous activities on the upper decks, larger staterooms, that kind of thing. A very common response uh, that I got was people calling for the use of magic bands on the ships. And I definitely hear you on that. It, it, it would make things so much more convenient than carrying around a, a credit card size room key with you, uh, with you everywhere you go. But your key to the world is, is a lot more than just your room key um, and your onboard credit card. What, what most people don't realize is that your, your key to the world actually contains a lot of very um, valuable and very important information that, that you, wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily be able to put on a magic band, um, such as your specific sailing date information, your dining rotation, your port arrival, uh, your port arrival and your port departure, transportation selections, and your muster station. And the, the cards actually are, are an agreed-upon cruise industry standard, which, which are required for guests who are getting off at, at ports of call. So um, even though I, too, would love to be able to, to use magic bands on the ship, um, but, it, but it, may not, uh, it may not be something that we see for, for a while or, or even if ever at all. Um, how about a better free coffee option? I, I, <laughs> I personally do not like the free coffee on the ships. Some people do like it. Um, 
I don't care for it. So I, you know, I guess it's to each their own. Um, there are other ways to acquire better coffee while on board, but it will, you know, come with a cost. So, uh, so in the spirit of, of making suggestions, uh, and let's, let's make the, let's make the free coffee better. I like that idea. Another very common suggestion was to change the age ranges for the Oceaneer Club and the Oceaneer Lab. So currently, the age ranges are 3 to 12, which is a huge range and includes kids in pretty different stages of their life. So um, I saw some parents commented that their their 10, 11, 12-year-olds didn't really feel comfortable going to the kids' clubs because they felt that they were too old to be there. But at the same time, they couldn't go to the, uh, the teen spaces, so... I can sort of sympathize with with those older kids, but um, on the other hand, I I do know that a lot of kids at at these ages um, love the kids clubs. So, uh, so it's worth mentioning, and, and I'll add it to to my list. And then here, just a couple other remaining popular suggestions that I noted. Um, uh, one was an all-you-can-drink package and a better craft beer selection. I know a lot of people always uh, are asking about that and, and hoping for that. Um, a wider variety of adult activities. So I saw this comment quite a bit, but interestingly, I <laughs> I, I didn't see a ton of actual suggestions. So um, I, I think these are my fellow idea people instead of the, <laughs> the figure-it-out people. So um, shout-out to you guys. Uh, another suggestion was to figure out a way to, this one cracked me up, solve the aqueduct line problem. So one, one person went so far as to suggest a fast pass system for the aqueduct. So that would be, that would be pretty funny. But, um, again, I, I get that the, the lines for the aqueduct can get pretty long, especially, uh, on days at sea. So, you know, if they could, if they could figure out a way to solve that line problem, that would be awesome. And then the, the last notable suggestion that I'll mention is, is better Wi-Fi prices. So for those who, who like to stay connected on board, the, the prices can be somewhat restrictive. And, you know, you can, you can burn through a lot of data in a, in a hurry. So I can, uh, I can definitely see why that was a, was a suggestion. So that's gonna do it for this episode. Um, what what did you think about it? Did you uh, do you agree with my changes? Do you have other changes that uh, that you would like to see? Your suggestions of what you would like to do to improve your Disney Cruise Line experience? Um, if you do have them, I'd love to hear them. Uh, you can feel free to reach out to me on Facebook or on Twitter, and just um, you know, just just let me know what you thought of the episode and what you what you what you would propose uh, you would do differently with Disney Cruise Line. So again, uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode and thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you in two weeks. As a reminder, you can connect with the show by following along on Twitter at the DCL dude, or by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash DCL dude podcast. Please feel free to ask a question or leave a comment or share the podcast with your followers. I'd also be very grateful if you could rate the podcast on iTunes uh, and leave me some feedback. And of course, if there's anything I can do to improve your listening experience, please let me know. Thanks so much for listening.